This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Spera. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is Wedding Season Anxiety Returns. Yes. It's like a murder Mystery of some sort. Yes. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, Etsy's top wedding trends, and are breakups and divorces contagious? Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions, including one listener who can't wait for her boyfriend to propose, and another listener who won't move out of state with her boyfriend unless they're engaged. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She's written for The Atlantic, Cosmopolitan, L, The Hairpin, Mental Floss, New York Magazine, The New York Times Book Review, Vice, and The Village Voice. She's also the author of the book, Save the Date, The Occasional Mortifications of a Serial Wedding Guest. She's also my former magazine co-worker. Please welcome Jen Dahl. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I haven't seen you yeah, in forever. So I know, I'm it's so great to see you. So excited when I was, we wanted to do, a, it's like wedding season, so we knew we wanted to do an episode about wedding season. Yeah, everyone's um, getting nervous. I knew exactly who to ask. I will always come and talk about wedding season. Yay. <laughs> you've written about a whole lot of stuff, just looking at the list of places you've written for. What made you choose to write a book about weddings? I think it's like anything else. Like it's this bizarre sort of lens into our behaviors and why we, you know, so much of like how we think about being human is connected to these rituals that we go through in life. So like weddings just, it was something that very practically speaking, I was getting invited to like wedding after wedding after wedding. And I saw myself go to them in all of these different stages of life, like, like not just age, you know, age stages, not just 20 and 30, but like, I'd just been laid off from a job. Like, I think the job that, that we, we had, had together. <laughs> oh my God, that magazine was... <laughs> Which was a very tumultuous layoff. It was such a tumultuous place to work though. Oh my God. We had like four different editors in chief that went through in like a year, I think. It was like... Like I was lucky as a reporter, I kept being sent out of state to go do interviews and like, I don't know, go stalk celebrities. And it was really nice because I, I didn't have to beat the office because the office was such a crazy <laughs> place to work. Everyone was always on edge. Like, it was is today my day? <laughs> it was a crazy soap opera where like you see the villain come back and it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. but yeah, I was so, so like being laid off from a job and going to a wedding then and feeling like all of my peers have seemingly found this sort of success and I'm like, I don't even have a job or a boyfriend and like, what does that feel like? Or what if you're going with someone who you think you might be in love with and going to a wedding is like a huge milestone in that case or, you know, just all of that. And not just looking at, we kind of focus on the couple getting married, but what about the guests going to the wedding? How do they feel? It's like we can't help but have a million different feelings depending on the state that we're in. So that's such a good um, point. Yeah, I was just fascinated by these like ecosystems and looking at the weddings of my life and like who I was at each of them. How did going to so many weddings make you think differently about weddings and marriage yourself? I think I was always a bit skeptical about weddings. I mean, I'm kind of like a cynical, skeptical asshole type of person. <laughs> but now you're in a serious relationship. <laughs> right. You, you can know, still be that way and be in a relationship. There's kind of like, like, I always say I love love, but the idea of doing something like buying into something sort of societally 
um, you know, enforced or enforced. Yeah. yeah, like society wants us to do that. This and says you're worth something if you do it. Yeah, and so I just look at that with a little bit of like, really, what is that? Just because everyone says you're supposed to do it, are you supposed to do it? And what does it mean? You save so, money on your taxes. Well, that and like, <laughs> I am all for that and like getting married for health insurance at this right. point. Like, yeah, go, go do that. But um, yeah, I think. But it's so stupid because that's part of the pressure. It's like these institutions are giving mm-hmm. you benefits for if you buy into the system. And I'm saying that yeah. from someone that is happily married and like want you know wore the princess gown and was like, you know what, right? But I I do I I under it's weird. I totally buy into it but I also completely understand the skepticism and like I'm part of me is skeptical but also <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, so I, fun to throw a party I think you can have both Yeah, like you can look at it and be like is this something I want to do because I mean my boyfriend is probably if he listens like he knows that like at this point yeah I do want to get married mm-hmm. and, and I think that I have always to some extent wanted to get married but primarily for things like a long-term partnership and like building something together and uh, having a family and like having this like sort of partnered supportive life, not necessarily, and also getting to have a party, but not necessarily <laughs> like to prove to your parents that you're a grown up or, right. you know, or to prove to the government that you're an established member of society. So um, have the weddings that you've gone to, has that influenced this like feeling about marriage? I think that they've made me feel so many different things. (laughs) Because a lot of it depends on the couple, you know? Right, when you see someone that you're like, you guys should not be married. Right. Then you kind of go through the whole like, you know, marriage is dumb. Right. Love is dead. Love is dead. And then when you see someone that you believe in them as, two people that should be together and you just get what it's about. You're like, love is so beautiful. Totally. I love weddings. It's so pure or it's just, it's so, and I don't even think, it's not like love is corrupt or love is pure, but it's like you you see a couple and they're like, they're just really good together. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, almost makes me want to cry talking about it. It's Mm -hmm. so great. And then you see people when you feel like, hmm, you guys are doing this to get like the silverware. And... It's going to have to be returned in a year (laughs) (laughs) or whatever. I mean, luckily I haven't been to that many weddings that have ended in tragedy, but (laughs) (laughs) you haven't, your Facebook hasn't been filled with the the divorces yet. There've been like a couple, but not a lot. I think is the rate of divorce still like, well, I guess the rate of marriage is down. So (laughs) by, by rights, then the rate of divorce would be down. Right. Which is good news. So people are getting married because they really want to. I guess. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, You're in a serious relationship now. Is your boyfriend a good plus one? Has writing about weddings, uh, like have you gone to wedding a lot of weddings with him? Was being a a good plus one something you looked for in in a guy? I think not specifically, but definitely when it came down to it, absolutely. I think being a good plus one in a relationship is like the main thing you should go for. Because it's someone who, whether you're at a wedding or at a funeral or just like going to the grocery store. They're like, they're there, they're present. They can kind of like, for me, mingle on their own, come back to you. You know, you'll always go home together, but like you can kind of do your different things and experience the world, the larger world and not be like tied together. Um, I had a boyfriend who I brought to a wedding back in, uh, I don't know, it was my high school best friend. She still is my best friend, though we're not in high school. And she got married maybe like 15 years ago. 
And I brought this guy who I'd been dating and I was like, this is so serious. I feel like we're going to like move in together. And he was a tragic mistake to bring to a wedding. He was miserable. He was cranky. He was like, and afterward, my friend was like, you know, everyone was like, Jen's so fun and positive and her boyfriend's just like sad and pale. (laughs) (laughs) I think he just sat there and like sipped a scotch or something. And, And so my boyfriend now is like, he can hang, he's fun, he's not needy, he's very, if I need to go home, he's like, let's go home. We've actually only been to one wedding together, but it was really great. So You know, it's funny, I never thought about being a good plus one is a quality I look for in a partner. Mm-hmm. But when I really think about it, Nick is the best plus one. <laughs> like he will get up on the dance floor and he's got really good dance moves if there's good music, but he's not that kind of person that's like getting like sweaty and gross and taking off his shirt <laughs> right, and, and dancing. Being embarrassing. The, yeah, and, and dancing the entire time. Like when he drinks, you can never tell he's drunk and he barely gets drunk. So he can like hold his liquor. I've never, you know, have like a couple drinks. He, if I want to go home, just like you said, he'll leave early with me. He's but not if, like, man. Yeah, oh this man, sucks. this sucks. You suck. You're a party pooper. Yeah, yeah, but if I'm, you know, really having fun, he'll stick it out. Yeah. He's like very considerate and, you know, noticing if I'm, I would say like, if I like want him around and want to talk to him, he'll talk to me. But then if he sees me mingling with friends, he'll go and make his own friends and do his own thing. He's very, I guess, perceptive of yeah. my mood. And like a confident person. And it's person. all about me. It's all about all of us, of right? <laughs> yeah, no, he is like the, my dream plus one. So I, I guess that is a quality I never thought I really looked for until we had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. What about Ian? Is is Ian a good plus one? Ian is also a great plus one. I always call Ian, Ian's my boyfriend, by the way. He's like the mayor of the town. Like he just like knows everybody's going up to everyone, shaking their hands. Like he's great. I feel like I'm not a great plus one. (laughs) So by (laughs) your theory, I'm not a catch. But uh, one person, one person in the in the couple has to be a good plus one. I do have to say, Ian is a good plus one. I remember we talked a while ago on the podcast when we went to that South by Southwest party. Yes, and he he can talk to anybody about anything, and he like struck up a conversation with the astronomist. Yes, remember that, and just like casually started talking to like the head of uh, iTunes podcast. Yeah, (laughs) we're like, thank you for doing that. So, so weddings obviously help you see like the true colors of your plus ones. But we've heard a lot from listeners who have had friendships also suffer, Mm -hmm. and you see new sides of friends from weddings. Um, You had a friendship end as the result of a wedding. Yes, can you tell us about that? (laughs) I can. Um, I will. You know, (laughs) it's hard to like go back to in a way because I feel so much older and wiser now. And I feel like a lot of my behavior, even when I was writing about it in the book, it's like, wow, you're kind of a real asshole. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, there are, and you know, like writing, okay, so basically, I had a friend who married someone and their relationship was like prefaced and and throughout the relationship there was like so much it was like okay should I can I not say okay magazine it you was can. like working at okay magazine you no. can absolutely <laughs> talk shit on our former employer it was extremely tumultuous <laughs> and and I think especially in your 20s you know as you're getting older you're sort of like it's hard to figure out how to be in your friendships as your friends are 
developing serious relationships with people. And this friend relied on me a lot to support her and sort of um, stand up for her mm-hmm. when this guy was shitty. And so then when she decided to marry him, I That's just, really hard for you to I support. I was like, ah, you know, like, I just think this is a really bad decision. And we tried to be gentle about it. And I am a fairly opinionated person, and I was less gentle than I should have been. And... I think that's just something like everyone should know if they're going to get in the way of their friend who's getting married to someone, you potentially, your friendship may be over. Um, But you also, people say, don't say anything because they're going to get married and then it'll work its way out. And like, you want that friend to come back to you. I feel very strongly that you have to say what you have to say. Like if you truly believe in something, then you should say it because it's so hard to know what to do. Can't, I know. I, I do. I worry about that. Like, there's some friends now that I'm like, "How are you married?" But <laughs> even right. and but like, that, no one like, knows exactly what's going on in their I relationship. Know. That's the thing, you though. You never know. And the one thing I do try to remind myself of, and that has stopped me from saying things sometimes, is that friends come to you when things are going bad. True. But like, you know, all like the 85, 90 percent of the time when things are going great. It's really boring, so that right. it's not stuff you're going to talk it's about like, over brunch. It feels like bragging or something, right. so they don't want to say it. Yeah. 100%. It feels like bragging, yeah. It's not like the interesting, you know, you, you come to your friends when you want advice, yeah. and there's not a whole lot to say when you're just like you know, bragging and talking about all, right. the, all of the good stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing the full picture of these relationships, and I try to remind myself of that when I don't exactly see what's, you know, what's right. going on. And, uh, and like the friends that have gotten divorced are the people I like least expected right and then the ones that are like going strong and appear to be happy on Instagram are the ones that I thought were never going to work out so it's totally. just like I'm not in the relationship I don't know what's going and on and this I guess. couple is still together that was my next despite, question despite like what I saw as very and I think what a lot of people would see as really strong red flags so you know I mean but I do have to say just because someone's together doesn't mean that it's a healthy functional relationship there's a lot of people that you know that like leave relationships for probably a lot less than other people stick out shitty relationships. Like yeah. I, I was like walking on the subway the other day and there was this old couple that were like in their 60s or 70s and the guy was walking like five steps ahead and she's like, why don't you, uh, can you do like a Long Island accent for me? Like, sure, what, what am I going to say? What should I say? <laughs> say like, why don't you just give me the directions so that I can meet you there, asshole? Why don't you just give me the directions so I can meet you there, asshole? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, walk, and like, and he was like, oh, just fucking follow me. Just fucking follow me. What's up? You know, lady. And like, they were clearly together. related to them. I like looked oh for god. wedding rings and I was like, oh my god, these like, Old couple that oh my God. they've may, probably been married forty years and they have like the worst right. relationship. And they've been doing ever. that their whole relationship. Yeah. And if yeah, yeah. it works for them. But <laughs> right. staying together, I've learned, is like not is not a signifier of of success necessarily. Right. Yeah. right. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, so what happened was because weddings are places where people tend to drink a lot of alcohol. There were a series of fights that we sort of got into at different weddings because we also were in the same friend group, which creates even more kind of chaos and tension. And, you know, like when when a couple of friends aren't getting along and then you keep going to all of your friends' weddings and then this husband who I saw as like kind of a horrible, abusive creature is there. And, you know, it's like it was it was uh, rife for drama. <laughs> like There was a lot of drama. So, yeah, I mean... That is a person who I sort of sadly am no longer friends with. And yeah, I do I do care about her and I miss her. And, 
Well, yeah. you wouldn't have said anything if you didn't care. Right. This that's is true. That's why it's a difficult situation to be in. Right. I think I didn't do it the best way, and but at the same time, hindsight is hindsight. Not hindsight. <laughs> in hindsight, yeah. Hindsight is. But you know, yeah, we do we do the best we can with information we have. No yeah. regrets. Um, I want to know. A lot of people stress, and we get a lot of write-ins about having or not having a plus one to a wedding. I'd like to know your kind of rules or advice on this. If you aren't with a serious boyfriend, do you think it's better to go single to a wedding and potentially meet someone? Or if you, if you're if the the wet the people getting married are nice enough to give you a plus one even though you don't have a serious relationship should you bring someone you're just casually dating i think it depends so much on various circumstances yeah um i think if you don't know anyone at the wedding and it's going to be you know maybe you only know the the couple um and they're going to be busy the whole wedding Maybe it's just more comfortable to bring someone else. And if it's going to be a fun party, maybe it's great to bring like your best friend. Um, I do sort of feel strongly that once people are a certain age, they should always just be given a plus one regardless, Um, which I know is controversial because clearly when you're planning a wedding, you don't necessarily think that you want a whole bunch of randoms there. But no, it's so hard. The etiquette when I was throwing a wedding, I was like, I don't want to look around the room and just see a bunch of random people I don't know. I want to like look around the room. Yeah. And then I was influenced by friends getting married. And and uh, this one person I know that was getting married had a rule that she's not having anyone at the wedding she didn't know. So if, even if you were a, a close friend of hers and were in a serious relationship, you needed to, to schedule a double date with her wow, and her fiance God. before the wedding. Wow. So that they could meet him. Because she's like, I'm not having anyone I haven't. I'm not going to say like, hello, nice to meet you at my wedding. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. And that kind of stuck with me. So I was... I guess like a little bit strict. But also I, a lot of work for her then. A lot of work, right. a lot of a lot of double dates. Yeah. But I yeah, my my rule was mostly like if you were in a serious relationship and I like knew about the person, you got a plus one. Yeah. If you were flying in from California, since I'm from California, mm-hmm. and and you weren't really gonna know that many people, you got a plus one. Right. Um but then, yeah, for the most part, it was one with the situation was super awkward. I had a friend who was in this relationship for four or five years with this guy. They broke up right before my wedding, and she called me and was like, Hey, so like we broke up. I'm like devastated. Can I just bring a friend? And I was basically <laughs> like, No. <laughs> like, like, like that was his name on the invitation. Like, you can't, like, right. well, was this and someone then I felt really she, bad? No, and, but I mean, and technically, strictly etiquettely speaking, she should not have asked that. You know, yeah, but yeah, but but then she wasn't. She really didn't know that many people at my wedding. That I understand. I know, but she was was in. She like lived close in New York, and I kind of felt. I don't know. On reflection, I still. It's like three years later. I'm like, I feel kind of bad. She was going through like the hardest breakup of this guy she thought she was going to marry. And like I didn't let her bring someone like a wing person, and I already had counted for that spot. But like our wedding was super expensive, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to pay for your. Yeah, I mean, friend. you have to you yeah. have to deal with your own stuff. You know, you yeah. have to deal with your own wedding. Yeah, but I do think it can be very scary to go to a wedding by yourself. But every time I've done it, it's been so much fun, mm. and you really like open up the world for yourself in ways that if you just have someone there, it's like. Looking at your phone during a wedding. I mean, like, if you're going to look at your phone the whole night, you're not going to meet people. If you're going to have someone there who's just your crutch, then you're going to not meet people. But if you're there on your own, it's, like, super empowering to just, like, 
live your life at that wedding and see what happens. It's really fun. What's the age? Because you mentioned that at a certain age, everyone should be given a plus one. Right. What's, what's I feel that like I, I was like really adamant, like it was like 28 or something, but I don't even remember what age it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like as I get older, it's like, well, what age is well, anybody? Well, when you're 28, um, you could go by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who well, knows? I think it's like, um, I guess... I guess the reason is it, it starts to feel like a mandate or sort of like a judgment. You're not in a relationship and right. therefore you don't get to have a friend with you. And yeah. that feels really hard when you're not in a relationship. I so, can see that. You feel like it's not fair. Like, yeah. oh, I'm not, I'm not legitimate. I'm not like a legitimate member of society. I haven't coupled off yet. I don't get anyone. Why? Yeah. And that can feel, you know, I understand why it happens, of course. Yeah. And I would understand too, like why you wouldn't want a stranger at your wedding Except there's always probably a stranger at your wedding. That's true. You I know. know. Oh, I see both. I see both sides. I see both sides. But you it's know, complicated. An, another thing after having like seeing friends plan weddings, like the the art of putting together a seating chart is like insane. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to a wedding by yourself, they've probably like done the mental math and put you by other people by themselves. Yes. Like, so if you're right, definitely. if you're open to it, if you're not on your phone, there's definitely people to talk to. Yeah, and it could be the biggest adventure you've had in your life. Who knows? You could meet your future, whoever. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm glad that you're a wedding expert because like I said, (laughs) I have, all of a sudden, all my friends are getting married and I was asked to officiate a wedding (gasps) a year from now. So luckily I have a year to plan. Cool. But um, do you have any advice? Well, in fact, (laughs) this happened after my book came out, but I officiated my brother's wedding. Really? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it's really fun and like maybe one of the most lovely things you can do Uh. So you you get your officiant's license online, right? Universal Life Church. Right. You just do it online. They so send are, you. <laughs> are you like an officiant for life? Is that how it works? I forget. You probably you, have to renew should it. Should we call you Minister Gendal? I have like some kind of diploma. Oh, nice. I mean, really, it's honestly just online. You pay money and you get it. It's like the biggest scam. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe in the Universal Life of Church. <laughs> As one of their ministers. Deeply. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but no, it's so nice. And like I wrote I wrote a speech and like just wrote the, you know, the whole minister sh- stuff. Right. Have you <laughs> Is ever there a seen word for that? I know. Officiant. <laughs> which thing? that feels clearly I'm formal. a really official officiant. <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody just totally bomb at being an officiant? No. Have you? Um, no. I've seen officiants that think that this is their stand-up routine and I've even seen that with actual like priests mm-hmm. you know <laughs> at churches where um oh there was one so my cousin got married and and uh the woman that he got married to is one of the nicest people ever but it was somehow became a running joke about how wasted she gets and even oh, no. <laughs> the rabbi just kept making jokes about how she like like I'm gonna try to finish this early so she can get her Jack Daniels. Oh no! I, I, don't, I can't remember if it's Jack Daniels or what what kind of like liquor it was. But he made maybe five comments during the during like the wedding ceremony about how drunk she was gonna get and how like yeah and you know at a Jewish wedding you like sip some wine. It's like <laughs> I know you're disappointed that it's not your Jack Daniels. <laughs> and it was like what the fuck? that is horrible. Yeah, it was, that, yeah. That so was bad. I think advice is like don't make it a roast. Yes. Um, Don't be, make it a roast. It was a roast. <laughs> it should not be a roast. It's a <laughs> wedding. <laughs> um, I also, uh, like, I wrote my draft and then I showed it to my brother and his fiance, now his wife, and they edited it. And I kind of went through this, like, like I'm a writer. I'm like, 
get off my, like, this is perfect language, you know, like, you yeah. don't get to, and then I'm like, oh, no, but this is their wedding. This is their and wedding. And they get to edit it however they want, and it's really good because you don't want to really surprise anyone, I don't think. No. So. All right. Those are all You'll good. do great. Yeah. You're going to do great. It's really fun. I'm going to, well, I'm doing it with my boyfriend, so we're going to, you know, it's going to be kind of like a vaudeville thing. We're that go means that you guys are married <laughs> afterward, too. It just like, no, just Yeah, kidding. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, whoever officiates us will get married after us. It's just a domino <laughs> effect. Uh, well, later on in the podcast, we're going to deep dive into some more wedding etiquette. Yes, wedicate. Yep, that's what you like to call it. But for now, let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors, and then we're going to jump into what's in the news. We would like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Destiny is calling. It says you need a new website. Make it with Squarespace. Loving that new phrase. Yeah. I mean, we both followed our destiny. I have a Squarespace website. You have a Squarespace website. I have like four Squarespace websites. We have one together for This Is Why You're Single. We have thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. I have lauralane.com. I have nickloveslaura.com, my former wedding registry and then now for my new sketch show I have femfairytales.com lots of websites I'm obsessed with Squarespace because there's so many things you can do with it you can turn your cool idea into a new website Angela and I turned our sketch show into a website it just made us feel more professional Uh, you can showcase your work we on our personal websites we put all of the articles that we've written you can blog and publish content you could sell products we have a little shop in case you don't know we have a single shop where we sell like cool shirts that we came up with um, you can announce an upcoming event. I have like all my Femme Fairy Tales shows on our Femme Fairy Tales website. Angela, I like if we're doing any any kind of fun events for our book, we put those on our website. There's just it, having a website. It's just a profesh feel. Makes you feel legit. Yep, and it's for everybody. It's for artists. It's for real estate brokers. It's for clothing designers, hair and makeup people. It's a great place to showcase your work. It's for furniture makers, whatever you do. All that matters is you don't need to be a graphic designer because Squarespace has beautiful templates created by world-class designers. I've been looking for doulas, you know, and if they don't have a nice website, I'm like, I don't really trust you as a doula. It is like your modern-day calling card. It's true. Um, so yeah, they got the templates. You don't need to be a graphic designer. They also have analytics that will help you grow in real time. They have 24 seven award-winning customer service. So that's great if you get confused and built in search engine optimization, which is, which helps people find you. Yep. It's all very helpful. So guys, check out squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use our offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash single. Use the offer code single and save 10% off. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about in the news? Um, So apparently Good Morning America did um, Etsy's top wedding trends for 2018. Ooh. I know. I'm very excited about this because, you know, I love to be trendy. (laughs) Um, uh, Etsy released their 2018 wedding trends. Number one, actually, do you guys have any guesses from weddings that you've been to? What have you been noticing trend-wise? What have I noticed? Mason jars. That's not really a trend. Timeless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like the whole. I don't even know what you call it. Like artisanal barnyards. Artisanal barnyards. That's probably that's probably over at this point, right? It's still happening for sure, but um, I don't know if it's still one of their top searches. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. What was number one? Top seven. Number one was embroidery. So people are searching for like hand stitched dresses and. 
like veils with stitching. It's oh, actually kind cute. of cool because mm. they, yeah, they had a lot of like, you know, the white with like colorful flowers stitched in. Oh, that's, that's really pretty. pretty. Your little pop of color. Um, number two, related statement veils. Mm. So like veils like with fringe and florals and draping and all that stuff. That's fun because you can wow. have some pictures with the statement piece and then you can take the veil off and have some without. Yep. Hmm. And when Laura and I were researching for news stories for this episode, we actually discovered that in China there's this new trend of um, brides having their veil flown in like and landing on their oh head. Oh my God. Like, we were like, like, how can even, we talk about this I don't even the exactly, it's unclear from the videos exactly how it's done. It's almost like people like throw it across the room There's and like, get it to land. It looks like that, but it's actually an intricate series of like pulleys and wires. Or and they could have really, a drone. It's, I mean, like, yes. a wedding veil drone. Oh, that's, that. that's, you yeah. might be concussed afterwards, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm very into that. You guys should Google it. Um, number wow. three, dramatic capes. I researched for hours on end for a cape that was going to match my dress. I couldn't find one. And then like, I swear, four months after I got married, I was at this Marquesa sample sale. And of course, I find like the perfect cape. (laughs) I feel like I'm always stressed about when I'm at formal events, like I'm going to be cold, but like cardigans are so done. Mm -hmm. So capes. No, I have have a white cape. And maybe it was Marquesa. Maybe it was some other sample sale. I love, I love a good deal. But uh, <laughs> I, bu- I just bought the white cape. Still haven't found a time to use it because it very much looks like a wedding cape. <laughs> I really hope you find it. Maybe you could do like a photo shoot when your baby is bored with like oh. a white cape. Just like. or before it's born when I do Ooh. the when I do the bump shoot. Yes. All right. Um, number four, non-traditional guest books. I actually really like this. Um, Etsy searches for guest book alternative are up fifty three percent in the last year. Um, things that they're doing are like wedding puzzles where everybody signs a piece of the puzzle and then the couple can put the puzzle together and frame it. These are so borderline. What I mean, I whenever I've seen these like unique guest books, I'm like, oh, I know cheese ball. <laughs> it's cheesy. It's kitschy. Whatever. What do you think, Jen? Sounds tiring. <laughs> I mean, cool. It is a lot of work. Actually, I was thinking about. <laughs> There was like this Dear Prudence. At one point, I read Dear Prudence all the time. And um, and it was uh, about, I can't even remember which Dear Prudence it was, but someone had signed the wedding guest book. This might not, you can cut this from the podcast if necessary, but they'd like drawn a dick on <laughs> now it. Now we're definitely not <laughs> cutting it. <laughs> they'd drawn a dick on the guest book and the people were so mad. No, and that's it was funny. Like, that's funny. And they wanted to frame it. Well, but then the dick was on it. Maybe it was, anyway. Difference <laughs> was like this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, have a sense of humor. Yeah. I'm sure right after your wedding, you like you're like I don't know, emotions are still high. Yeah, right. So many things going through your head that like anything that went a little bit wrong, you just have a freak out. But trust that like a year or two later, these right. people were laughing. If yes. they have any morsel of humor in their yeah. body, yeah, I think it's that things become you want to plan them and you want to control them so, so much, much that. You you lose sight of sort of you know like maybe you're spend if you're gonna spend ten hours thinking about your guestbook puzzle, just throw a notebook down there. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's true. I don't know. It depends how exhausted you are. Yeah, I do. Okay, so the only it's cute. Other, I what about the Jenga? I like the Jenga one because then you could play no, it. No, unlike no. couple game night. No, no that's or whatever. So cheesy. Everybody sides a piece because like I'm gonna lose a guestbook. Honestly, what am I gonna do with the guestbook? But There's Jenga, I'll no, play but it. you're gonna keep every Jenga piece. I mean, I'm really good. When I like lose <laughs> one piece of a board game, I freak out. So Nick would have never <laughs> let any of this fly. He has like his cheesy threshold is is even lower than mine. 
All right. Well, <laughs> he will not sign the Jenga at my wedding. Um, all right. Number five, hot color palette. Cranberry with peach is the hot color palette. Not mm. feeling it. Yeah. I love them separately. Although like, I don't know. Cranberry just reminds me of like football colors. Yeah. And like the peach is nice, but could be like a little girly. But but I don't know. Peach can be pretty. I'd have to see it in action together. Yeah. It depends. Case by yeah. case basis. Um, pet friendly weddings. This is definitely something I've noticed. Um, dogs being flower girl. Yeah, that's dogs cute. being ring bearer. That's not a new trend. Etsy into it, but I think there's just like it's it's become more acceptable. I support um, it. Also, people <laughs> that, that can't have their dogs, they have cake toppers of their dogs. Uh, guilty. Oh right, you did that. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, Aww. we we got uh, dubbed. Dube is where you stand in this photo booth, like a 3D, and then they create a 3D printout of you of oh exactly God. like like life, not life size, but to scale. No, not to scale. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It's exactly like you, but shrunk. <laughs> it's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh my God. And so we did it with our dog. Because actually a life-size one of you, that would just be scary, right? <laughs> right. Like, you have to have a giant cake. Our dube wasn't even that big. It was maybe six inches. And it's still like... It still was unsafe because it fell off the cake <laughs> and my ponytail broke. Yeah, it was heavy. Aww. I guess. Oh my God. All yeah. Right. <laughs> it was great though. Um, all right. Final Etsy trend, stacking rings. I like this. Um, just, you know, it says colorful stones have been trending for some time now, but some brides are opting to stack their favorite gemstones or birthstones together with a custom bridal look. I kind of did this. But not, but not for trend reasons. I somehow found a way to get three wedding rings out of my, <laughs> out of out of the situation. I I got like a normal wedding ring that's tiny little diamonds all the way around it, and then I wanted one that matched Nick's, which was just a plain gold band that was hammered metal, or it was actually black, but then the black came off. Now it's just gold. But um, uh, and so I got two. And then after like a year, I didn't want the diamonds around my engagement ring anymore. So I went back to the jeweler and had them take the top of my engagement ring off and and uh, put it on just a super simple thin rose gold band. Mm-hmm. And then they kept the old band that it had been on it and filled it in. So now I have three wedding rings. And, <laughs> and you wear them stacked. And, you, and <laughs> I, how I, wear, I wear them stacked. See, look, look at the oh, stack gold with the... Yeah, I like it. With the, yeah, I don't have the other one on. And then I just have the... And then I just have my engagement ring. But yeah, Aww. I do have them stacked as we speak. Wait, remind me how long you've been married. I've been married for three years, two and a half, three years. Oh. December 2015. A ring, no, for, May. a ring for every year? Oh my God, almost three years. <gasps> wow. You guys. So for your 50th. Oh my God. <laughs> no, they're going to have a million wait, rings. No, this episode <laughs> comes out on my wedding <laughs> anniversary. Aww. Time oh for God. another ring, Nick. Wait, we didn't even plan that. It's my <laughs> anniversary today, guys. <gasps> what? Happy yeah. anniversary. Happy I don't anniversary. know why I said, I said December 1st because December is the month we met. So when I think of our anniversary, I think of December. But, uh, but our wedding anniversary is May 23rd today. Aww. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm Aww. sure he has something big planned. Another ring. <laughs> yeah. I'll be able to tell you guys about what we did on another. I don't know. It's like, I don't even know what he could do. I'm like pregnant. We're already spending so much money and preparing for the baby. We went already went on a baby moon. I mean, what can he, what's he going to do this year? <laughs> You're off the hook, Nick. <laughs> yeah. I think he's off the hook this year. Um, all right. Anyway, you want to know what I've been reading about? Yes. What are you reading about? So I've been reading our favorite Cosmo. Sexy. 
They wrote an article called Are Breakups Contagious? Why Everyone Else's Split Might Make You Question Your Own Relationship. Our girl Julia Pugachevsky wrote this article. So she writes, every once in a while, just when everything in your relationship seems fine, you witness what feels like all of your friends suddenly breaking up. When it comes to divorce, you are 75% more likely to split with your spouse if you see a close friend or family member do so. That's an insane number. And you're 33% more likely if it's a friend of a friend. While breakups may not be literally viral, there's something about seeing so many seemingly great relationships dissolve at once that feels like an uncontrollable outbreak. She spoke with Dr. Bella DiPaolo, academic affiliate of the Psychological and Brain Sciences at the University of California, Santa Barbara, about why seeing your friends' relationships dissolve make you analyze your own. So do you guys have any guesses of why... You are so much more likely to get divorced or break up if if your friends or family are? I have a guess. I feel like, well, I do a lot of stuff with other couples. So I feel like if other couples that we usually hang out with were starting to break up, it would kind of, not like there would be problems in our relationship. We would just be like, who are we going to hang out with? What are we going to do? <laughs> That's an interesting guess. What do you think? I think it works the same way as getting married. Like you see all of your friends getting married and you're like, wait. Is this a possibility for me too? Should I be doing this? And the same thing with divorce. It like you see people getting divorced and you're like, oh, <laughs> other people are doing it. I think it's like celebrities who break up after seven years, you know? Like it's just, it enters this whole, like your world can change. You're not, like people didn't get diver- divorced in the 50s because it wasn't even an option. What if you start seeing people get divorced? You're like, then you can analyze your relationship and maybe. You're not the only one doing it. So yeah, you're you have very, like right. a support system. That's pretty much it. Like it kind of normalizes it for right. you in a way. Um, so one of the things she also talks about is you question the relationship sacrifices you've made. Seeing your friend who moved to a new country only to get dumped by a guy she did it all for can make you immediately worry if you've given up anything huge for your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is you realize you gave up some great friendships for your now not so great relationship. Being in a relationship, even when you still prioritize your friend, makes it harder for you to pencil everyone in and married couples statistically lose some of their social bonds in favor of the relationship. Uh, Number three, you might just really miss the freedom of being single. Having all of your now single friends hang out without you because you have a date night plan can make your relationship suddenly feel a little oppressive. Um, Another reason she gives is it makes you wonder about hooking up with other people because all of a sudden you're seeing your friend leave a relationship and then get really excited about talking about like a hot hookup she's having. It can make, you know, your potential sexual decline in your own relationship feel like the kiss of death, she writes. Mm. So yeah, it like pretty much normalizes it. And it's funny because my parents' group of friends that they've had, there's not one divorce. Mm. And she says, like, I think, you know, none of no one got divorced. So it just like wasn't really normalized in like our group of friends. And like my parents are like, couldn't they're like, I feel like they're the happiest in their relationship now than I've ever seen them. So it's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. When people around you do something, you you jump on the bandwagon. It's like the divorce sheep. Humans are weird. Humans are super weird. They're very weird. Well, everyone I know just stay together, okay? Because I, I got a good thing going. Well, there's also that thing where you see fighting couples and you're like, we're not like that at all. Right. You know, and then you're sort of like smugly satisfied about your own relationship. You know what? I'm going to take that. Yeah. I've, uh, so far, I've only had really one 
friend couple. And you know what? They we weren't even like that close with them. So I'm not even going <laughs> to count them. You're not. There's no, no contagion. There's it's no fine. contagion. Like, <laughs> right. get away from me. I'm not even remotely <laughs> contagious. They had moved far away. It's like, you know what? They don't even count. Um, all right. It is time for us to jump into our mailbox. But first, let's take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors. We would like to thank our sponsor, Havenly. Havenly is the most delightful way to design spaces in your home on any budget. Partner with an interior designer to create a beautiful design based on your unique style and space. Angela, as you know, I have become an interior design junkie in the last couple years. I get all the magazines. I follow all the Instas. I have had so much fun designing my new home. And, you know... If you want to know what Havenly can do for your home, just check out their freaking Instagram. Their Instagram's insane. It's the Havenly on Instagram. It's so cute. I want to like, I basically like, oh, I like every picture. I'm like, yeah. I want to pin it all. I want to pin it all. And, you know, I got to say like, I think I got really into interior design as I was trying to like adult. Right. It's all about adulting. And you have too. Well, you're very lucky because I feel like it comes more naturally to you than it does to me. I just like, I've lived in my apartment since the fall, it is now summertime and I still am not totally like I don't have anything on the walls yet because I'm afraid to commit to something because I'm like, oh, what do I do? I need help. It did not always come naturally to me. Let me tell you the apartment of what my apartment looked like when Nick first came over on our first date. So I was very into red, white and black. My entire <laughs> apartment was red, white and black. Well, what year was it? <laughs> uh, uh, it was like eight years ago. Okay. Okay, it was red, white and black. I had... I thought of myself as an art connoisseur. Uh-huh. So I had bought like a ton of street art and every single wall of the apartment was covered with art, which I've now learned does not make you a design <laughs> aficionado just because you have art and you hang it up and you slap it on the wall and you buy a bunch of red, white and black stuff doesn't mean your apartment's going to look great. Right. You might need uh, a third party perspective in there yeah I definitely wish I would have had Havenly (laughs) but Nick somehow still went out with me but I do remember him coming over and being like so late let me show you my art I was really proud of it and he was just kind of like oh very cool very cool very cool and I remember asking him like why did you still go out with me like my apartment was so shit and like you know I had like shit art and he was like us I thought it was like it was like really cute how much you care. <laughs> it was cute how unself aware you were about your art. <laughs> yeah, but like it was like really sweet. You were like supporting like these like straight artists. Aww. And it was really so my if you, you know, I think you should get Havenly, but if for whatever reason you don't, just own your shit apartment. <laughs> just don't mean- be aware that your apartment is shitty. In the meantime. <laughs> but yeah, if you're like me or if you're like Laura eight years ago and you could use a little help. This is Havenly is great for you. Here's how it works. Their team of designers work with you online to design the living space of your dreams, whether it's a guest room or family room, kitchen, whatever. And it starts at just $79 per room. That's insane. I cannot believe that. I cannot wait to use them. So Havenly helps uh, helps you every step of the way using your budget and your style to shape the design you want at a price you can afford. The way they figure out your style, you take this free Havenly style quiz. It's a fun way to learn your unique design style and helps Havenly match you with the perfect designer to put you together and put together the perfect room. It's amazing. So their whole thing is like keeping things simple, which is what you want when you're trying to design something. And they want to you know, showcase your life and bring your ideas to life. But, you know, maybe not in the way that I used to. They, they, they would have taken my like red, white and black probably 
feel and made it actually look good. Right. It's like when you watch like design makeover shows like on TLC or something, they're like, we're going to, it's still going to feel like you, but like a refined version of you. Exactly. So guys, turn your Pinterest board into a reality. Try Havenly today by visiting by visiting havenly.com slash single and get 25% off your design package. That's like a huge discount after uh, off of an already very reasonable price. That's Havenly, H-A-V-E-N-L-Y.com slash single for 25% off your design package, havenly.com slash single. Also, send us pictures of your new house. We would love to see. Uh, yeah, so we can steal your ideas. We would like to thank our sponsor, Quip. Quip is a toothbrush subscription service that I've been using since before they were a sponsor, which means I genuinely am obsessed with Quip. Guys, the truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough, and we forget to change our brush on time. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? A lot of things. First of all, I get like excited to brush my teeth because the toothbrushes are really cute. And I am an aesthetic person. Yeah, they have rose gold toothbrushes. Like, Is that the one you picked? That is the one I picked. That's the one I picked too. What could be more millennial than that? I want to like prominently display my toothbrush. I've never felt that way before. There's so many cool things about Quip. Yeah, Quip is also a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Yes, they are. They save you a lot of money. And my favorite thing that I like, Angela, is the built-in timer that helps you clean your teeth for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guided pulses. So what it does is after like 30 seconds, it will like pulse. So I kind of, you divide your mouth up into like four quadrants. So I'll do like the right side of my bottom until I feel the pulse. Then I do the left side of my bottom until I feel the pulse. Then I do the upper right. It's I know it's, it sounds it's so easy and it's no it sounds great. I haven't gotten a cavity since I've been using Quip. I'm not messing with you. I mean, as adults, nobody like reteaches you how to brush your teeth. And you know what? It's been a while since I had a lesson. I need Quip in my life. So the other cool thing about Quip is Quip subscription plans are for your health, not just your convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Awesome. Yeah, they also just come with cool things. There's like this suction mount if you want to stick your toothbrush to your mirror. They've been on Oprah's O-List and named Time's Best Inventions. And, and like they're, I guess they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists, which, you know, I trust my dentist, but, but just trust me because I've been <laughs> using them since before they were a sponsor. That should be enough. Plus, let's be real, are any of us changing our toothbrush as often as we are supposed to? Probably not, because you get complacent. Quip will make sure you do it, because they're just going to keep sending you new heads. A hundred percent. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash single right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electronic toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash single. That's spelled G-E-T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash single. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox for Jen to help us answer? Okay, first up, we have a question from an anonymous listener. The listener writes, All this year, my boyfriend and I have been discussing marriage. We've been house and ring shopping. Yes, things are looking good, but he also teases me about when he will propose. He asks me if I'm sure I know what I'm getting myself into and mentions that his friend just got engaged, so now he should wait to ask me. Every time I think he's about to propose, he makes a joke. 
at this point, we've been talking about it so long that without any action, uh, without any action, and I'm frustrated. I think he's ruined. Sorry, I think he's ruined this wonderful moment for me with his lame jokes and procrastination. Is there any way to make this moment special again? Mm. What do you think, Jen? Well, I think he's nervous, and I think she needs to just kind of let it go because she's probably going to be really happy when it happens. And you can't orchestrate your proposal, unfortunately. And you probably shouldn't. Um, He's got to do it in his time. I would say, so my sister-in-law, who hopefully won't listen to this because she might be mad, but (laughs) (laughs) my sister-in-law was like waiting for my brother to propose for like year after year after year. And then he finally did. And she was like, well, it took him long enough. And she was kind of mad, you know, during those years that they went through. But then they got married and she's very happy. So I think all of this like sort of engagement angst really ends when you're like happily married and in this couple. And if she thinks he's worth waiting for, then he probably will be. If on the other hand, she's like, he's pulling my leg, he's pulling my chain, like this is all just some sort of... Doing it with just like mess with my head. he's trying to mess with me then she should ask him some serious questions and, and that's just potentially mean. get out. Yeah. That's yeah. just mean if he's doing it on yeah. purpose to kind of mess with I their mean, head. I think people underestimate how hard it is for guys to do this. It's like really scary and guys shouldn't have to be the only ones who do it. Um, and at the same time as I know that as a feminist, it's like, I do want my boyfriend to propose. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think that means you kind of have to let them get to it on their time. Um, right. I was at the airport actually coming back from a wedding with my boyfriend and he fake got down on his knee and like was like, shall I help you with your bag? And I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that is crazy. You know, none of that. Like, don't fake me out. So I understand where she's coming from. <laughs> yeah. you, you've actually experienced yeah. it. <laughs> it's annoying. But I think they're like testing it out maybe I don't know yeah I think it's good that he's doing what he's doing I think it means that he's getting there yeah he's kind of like testing the water yeah that's the thing is like he has to do it within like maybe like a few months time of making these jokes because if he makes these jokes and then waits like two years that's actually kind of mean yes well that was my question she didn't say how long it had been going on so I would say like if it's been going on for years then maybe yeah that's not cool if we're talking years that's not cool if it's a period of months or less than a year maybe it's okay yeah, Nick definitely, he took a while. We got, I think we got married at, we had been together five and a half years, so he proposed at like four and a half. But we, he had, we had brought up rings at some point around the two-year mark. But like, it was fine because I feel so much better hearing this because he never like <laughs> fucked with my head or made jokes <laughs> about it. So I really like have nothing to complain about. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'd be able to put up with like the joking about engagements. Yeah. It just seems mean if you've talked about it and you've gone ring shopping and then the messing with your head. So I guess I'm just grateful that Nick didn't like, make yeah. jokes I mean, it about might... it and like tease me about yeah. it. Yeah, We don't know like what their sense of humor is and stuff, but it does That's sound true. like she's distressed about it. So she should probably be like, hey, pal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not fun for me. Right. Um, Maybe have a more like, yeah, serious. Yeah, and have like a heart to heart about it because if you are marrying someone, it's important that you sort of like, are on the same page about your senses of humor. That's you know? true. So this could just indicate a situation that they need to address before they move forward. That's a good point. I agree. What else do we have in the mailbox? Okay, next we have a question from Teresa. Teresa says, 
Just want to say how much I love the show. It truly gets me through my commute, and I look forward to it every Wednesday. Y'all are like big sisters I never had. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Teresa. Um, she says, here's my question. Of course, we didn't, we're not going to cut that part out of the question. Every now and then, we leave a compliment in. <laughs> and it's only half a compliment because we're her big sisters, so we're old. No, um, I don't look at it like that. I love it. I, yeah, love being a bi- I am a big sister in real life, so I love being a big sister. True, and I'm an only child, so happy to have you in the family, Teresa. <laughs> um, so here's her question. She says, "My boyfriend and I have been dating about a year and a half, and he's the love of my life, and we're attached at the hip. He just got a great job offer four hours away, and I'm wigging out. Would it be completely insane of me to quit my job and move with him to this new city? Is it wrong to tell him I won't move with him unless we're engaged? Have y'all ever had to sacrifice your career or location in order to be with the one you love? I help." What do you think? Mm, I think many things. I mean, again, it's hard because we don't know what her career is. Are there opportunities in this new place? Um, Have they talked about marriage? Uh, Four hours is such a tricky amount of time. Right. It's like, it's close enough. But not that close. Yeah. Like two hours, I would say, stay in separate places and keep dating. A hundred percent. Four hours is so tricky. How long have they been dating? They've been together a year and a half, which is also oh, okay. a tricky period of time, yeah. I feel like. Because like, it could go either way. I mean, my personal view is that ultimatums are never good. You have to decide. But I think you can also say, here's what I want. Do you want this too? Um, so it's not like propose or this relationship is over. Yeah. It's more like she probably wants some sense of security if she is giving up her career and moving four hours away. So does he see the relationship going into a marriage place? You know, I think that's like a totally fair question to ask and to have a serious conversation about that. What are his expectations? What happens if she moves for him and then she doesn't have a job or friends there? So I would really have a serious talk, I guess, and see. And the other thing is you don't want to marry someone you can't have a serious talk with. So it's like good practice. For sure. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I mean, my the most close situation I have to this is one of my best friends, she had a job that she was like runs this company and it was in Orange County and her boyfriend was going to school in Santa Barbara, which is like three and a half hours away Mm -hmm. drive, like maybe four in traffic. And she didn't move, but they really made it work while he, I think he still had two years left. They made it work for a while. And she really would make the sacrifice of driving up to Santa Barbara Mm -hmm. from Orange County, which is like not close you know right and to see him on the weekends and he really couldn't drive as much because he was still in school and so so she made the sacrifice now they're happily married with a kid so instead she decided you know what I'm not going to give up anything and and also he knew he wasn't going to live there forever Mm -hmm. he was just in school so eventually there was an end point which is different than this situation but yeah, she made the the decision to to drive. It's it's hard if you're gonna have to give up your your job and you're four hours away. I, yeah, I would be curious to know if there's career opportunities for you where you're mm-hmm. where you're going. She yeah. might, you know, let him move and and try to for six months like do sort of a long distance thing and suss it out. I um, would I would probably do that, but it's also hard. I'm like a big believer in you could do long distance simply because. My my parents did long distance before yeah. they get married. They got married for like a year and a half. They never lived in the same place, so they got married and they've been together forever. But then, also, <laughs> you know, that's my like biggest example in my own personal life. But we get 
so many emails about the troubles of long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. We could do an episode every week yeah. about it. So then it also makes me a little nervous. I'm like, long distance relationships are not easy. We get so many freaking emails about them. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's easier when you've been together for a long time in one place first and then you become long distance. I think it's harder when like people kind of like meet and they're already long distance and they've never like got to build the right. foundation of their relationship in right. one place. Like exist in a normal way. Yeah. I yeah. think though it's also very important to make sure that you're not giving up like your entire identity because that just creates so much tension in a relationship. Like if you were to say, you know, she's like, I'm going to move for him. And then suddenly she has nothing of her own. She doesn't have a career. She doesn't have, yeah. you know, and I think that just puts so much pressure on it. And and it puts pressure on him that he's got to fulfill all the roles right. that many people fulfilled in her life before. Yes. Like so, friend, lover, like, you know, like therapist, therapist, like, like, every, everything. like everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Employer, (laughs) everything. So yeah, so she has to make sure that whatever, if she does decide to make the move, that she's taking some of her identity with her, that she's like, there are job opportunities or there's stuff that she wants to get interested in working on or something. I think that's great advice. Um, If any of you listening want other questions answered or if you have any funny messages from an app or text that you want to share, you can email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can also find our contact info on our website at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive into our reason of the week. This week's reason is wedding season anxiety returns. Yes. So we have a few more wedding etiquette questions for you that we want your your opinion on. Um, first, gifts. Gifts cause a lot of anxiety. What's like the right amount to spend on a gift? And should it matter how close you are with the person? So the pure etiquette gift giving thing is what you can afford. And that's not like anything I made up. That is what... Emily Post and all of her descendants say. (laughs) What you can afford. um, Yeah, it's what you can afford because you should never, it is never proper etiquette to be spending more than you can afford on a gift for someone. It's like, and no one should expect that. Um, What's like the most? What if you can afford a lot? Like I remember we well, we had like you we, can you can do less than what you can afford. We had, I guess, yeah, we had people but, that came to our wedding that were like super rich, and we thought we'd give them a really nice gift. And they're like, and then they got us something that wasn't even on our registry, and it wasn't a lot of money. And I was like, <laughs> what the freak? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should. I I think I'm a person who likes to go off registry, but you are supposed to adhere to the registry generally if there is a registry. And there should on a registry be a range of gift options, like stuff that's all not, prices. Yeah, of all prices, because you want to make sure that your 16-year-old cousin can get you something and your rich family member <laughs> can get you something. At and my whatever. wedding, I'll yeah. never forget, I had one friend who was like really struggling, like didn't have a lot of money at the time, and he got us one single wine glass. And I thought that was so sweet and because I knew his financial situation and it was just the effort to me yeah. spoke a lot. Whereas I had some closer friends who were like, yeah, like I don't have like a lot of money right now, so I'll get you a gift later. I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, it was like a matter of principle, but then they never got me a gift. Mm. And and then and then of course like I see them going on trips. I'm like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> like you that's the rest of my wine glasses. Yeah, you, you could have right. just gotten me like a single wine glass. It's just like a matter of principle because it's I really am like a believer in like the thought that counts. It yeah. doesn't matter what the gift is. But like I I know if you got me a gift or not for my wedding. Yeah. Like I still remember. I remember what you got me. 
And uh, then I even had like a couple of bridesmaids that just like didn't get gifts. It's like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think Angela been... got me a gift. She got <laughs> I did. She got for me the record from the registry. She got me. I had registered for a dog bed for my dog, Sam. And <laughs> Sam is currently lying in the podcast studio on said dog bed. It was a gift for the whole family. <laughs> Wonderful. A, a really good gift. Yeah. Angela yeah. is not one of the bridesmaids that, uh, that, uh, you know. I mean, I guess like more practically speaking, I think I tend to give like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Do people Although still, when I had less money, I think I gave like fifty or I know. would say like as a couple, we usually go for two hundred bucks. Like yeah. a two hundred dollar gift is is about what we That's spend. That's nice. I'll invite you to my wedding. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I feel like a hundred each person. Yeah. Like I don't feel right. like I should get like a discount because it's two of us. You know, your you're circumstances your can change. Like if you're and it should never be a transaction. It's not like you invited people so that they can give you this gift. Or it shouldn't be like that, even yeah. though sometimes it does feel like <laughs> it is that way. Um, but yeah. Yeah, anywhere from like 150 to 200 for a couple is what I, was yeah. what usually what we aim for. Yeah. And then for a really close friend, I give it a little more. Do yeah. Yeah. What I'll usually do <laughs> is I have like the list of all the gifts I got for my wedding. And if I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, how much should we spend? I'll like look back and see what they got me. And then you match it. <laughs> that makes it yeah. really easy. That's why it makes it yeah. really easy. You just like match what they got me, especially now I have friends like having babies and we're just like, you know, like we pretty much just give like equal amount on terms of like a baby gift. So if mm-hmm. I spent like a hundred on their baby shower, like I've noticed that like I've gotten a hundred dollar gift from them and it, it just makes it easier and not awkward. Yeah. In that way, it really helps being the first person of your friend group to get married. <laughs> yes. So the answer to this quandary is just get married really fast. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel like if I get married, I'm not going to care what anyone gives me, but maybe that's also just complete and utter. I, know, I didn't bullshit. think I, I you don't know until you know. I you didn't don't know think until I you would. Know. I didn't yeah. think I would care. Like I'm a big like one of my love languages is gifts. I love giving <laughs> gifts to show that I like care about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think I would care, and I don't care as much about the money. But it's really like the principle of just like yeah, and I spending think, the time to go to the freaking registry and click on that one wine glass, add it to the car and send it to me. Like that takes time and it's the thought that counts. Yeah. And we read these things. We read these transactions as like gestures of friendship. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they are to some extent, but then sometimes someone may be going through something that like I just had to get the money together to like even go to your wedding. Right. So right. yeah, that's true. In that case, I guess you just be honest and upfront about it. Like, yeah. I'm super right. poor right now. Yeah, I do. I do I understand that. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think about like if you can't go to the wedding? I think. Do you still give a gift? That's like old school. Sometimes yeah, I have, like, sometimes I haven't. If I've been like surprised that I was even invited, like it's someone <laughs> I don't talk to a lot, I've kind of been like, oh, sorry, I can't come. Like, well, that's also like no gift. <laughs> I've, never, I've never totally understood that piece of etiquette because it's like, if you're invited, you're supposed to be give a gift. But like, you could just get invites coming in from like anyone, you know? Right, right? Like your enemy could invite you and you're supposed to give them a gift? No, that's like a total ruse. I haven't <laughs> done like a set like rule on that. But if it's like a close friend and I feel like right now I'm pregnant and so I'm missing a friend's wedding that I probably mm-hmm. would have gone to otherwise, yeah. then I'm, I'm sending a gift. Even though she didn't come to my wedding and didn't give a gift, but I'm still <laughs> sending a gift. I think that's a good rule. It's like, if you would, if you would like to go... And you can't send a gift. I'm still saving like a thousand dollars on like flying out and like yeah. hotel, you know, right to her wedding. Yeah, it's really so. expensive. That's the thing too. Like, so I'm actually, it's a deal to not, but but I would like to be there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Um, okay, so switching gears to bridesmaids, how vocal do you think a bridesmaid is allowed to be if they don't like the dress? 
Hmm. Well, there are like layers or levels of not liking the dress, right? There's like, you bought this and I don't fit in it. And this is going to be embarrassing for all of us. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like this doesn't, my my boobs are exposed or whatever. And I think if there's a true complaint that's sort of like, this dress does not work for my body, that is fine and should be expressed. If it's like, I really hate magenta. <laughs> like just wear the yes. dress. Suck it up. Like, I completely yeah, agree. You, it's it's one day. Even if you love the dress, you're probably not going to wear it again. It's a bridesmaid dress. Like it, it like clicks into your brain as that dress. You're probably not going to just so like true. go wear it out. I had a friend who like let us. We all pick different dresses, or she kind of picked them. They all kind of looked like they went together, but they were totally different dresses from like mm-hmm. Anthropology, where I shop all the time. And I never wore the dress again. And it was a super cute dress. I was excited to buy. I'm like, oh my God, she's letting us buy like normal anthropology dresses. But it did. It just clicked in my head. Mm-hmm. I never, yeah, that it was it's a bridesmaid dress. a bridesmaid dress. So you're not going to wear it to like, you know, a party. Anything. It's yeah. so weird. It yeah. is so weird how that works. So I think, yeah, if it's not some sort of... Like you're uncomfortable. This dress is covered mm-hmm. in fiery nails. I cannot possibly <laughs> wear it. Like it's giving me a rash. I'm allergic to the material. Mm-hmm. If it is if it is going to infringe on your health or well-being, ju- like beyond you just not liking it, then you could say something. But otherwise, just do it. Last question. Hooking up with guests, yay or nay? Well, as long as they're not married or about to be married, I think it's totally fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I with, wish more with, people had hooked up at my wedding. I was really that's hoping the thing everybody wants like <laughs> I was really hoping wants to for, do the wedding where everybody hooks up. I was really hoping for some like stories. And I even was trying to like plant the seeds before my wedding. I'm like, so this person's coming, like make sure you talk to them. And then after the wedding, I remember being like, did you talk to them? And they were like, no, I like wasn't it felt weird. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? I had like an amazing open bar and everyone was drunk and you didn't even talk to this person. Sometimes I think it feels like all eyes are on you, though, because everybody's like, oh, the single people are talking. You're like zoo animals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All eyes are on no one, though. They're, yeah. It's like they're or, on or, the bride. Like every, Thank you very much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think if you can, if you want to hook up and you can do it in a way that doesn't like completely detract from the wedding, like you don't want to <laughs> like have the cake cutting, like, like expose you like naked hooking up with someone. Right. But, right. but if you're like, if it's going to be a good story, go for it. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not the proper etiquette, but I support it. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, it is time for our reason of the week breakdown. Jen, you have listened to a lot of vows at the weddings you've gone to. Now we're going to test your knowledge of pop culture vows in a game we call Guess, guess that, that vow. We will read you a vow and you have to guess what TV show or movie it is from. Are oh you ready God. to play? Oh my God, I'm scared. I'm going right. to do so badly at this. No. Do you watch a lot of rom-coms? <laughs> Sometimes. Then you might Depending. get some of these right. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> All right, Angela, take it away. Okay, first. Look, I guarantee there'll be tough times. I guarantee at some point one or both of us is going to want to get out of this thing but I also guarantee that if I don't ask you to be mine, I'll regret it for the rest of my life because I know in my heart you're the only one for me. Oh, my God. Jerry Maguire? Feels like that, but no. <laughs> no, it's actually Runaway Bride. Oh. Matt, Julia Roberts. I did see that movie, so yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, next up. I'll give you a little hint in the vow. <laughs> Penny, we are made of particles that have existed since the since the moment the universe began. I like to think those atoms traveled 14 billion years through time and space to create us so that we could be together and make each other whole. Oh my god. Is it a TV show? Oh, uh that You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bang Theory? I was about to call it Big Boom Theory. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I still would have given it to you. My pop culture is potentially bad. No, no, no. It's, good. it's been a while since we worked at OK Magazine. <laughs> I lost it all. <laughs> all right, next up. All right, this one also kind of has a spoiler in it right at the very end, so you'll get it, I'm good. sure. Okay. Uh, ever since I was young, I never fully understood anything about the world, and I never understood anything that happened in my life. The only thing that ever made sense to me was you and how I felt about you. That's all I've ever known. That's enough. That's enough for me the re- for the rest of my life Topanga oh Boy Meets World yeah thank god yeah. for that spoiler <laughs> <laughs> no the other Topanga okay um, next one uh, is actually I was like gonna incorporate this into my vows I loved it so much and then Angela talked me out of it she's like I know you think these vows that were written on this TV show are great but I think you should write your own vows <laughs> well you're a writer and, okay. and you nailed it oh uh, thanks okay the things you have done for me to help me, support me, surprise me, to make me happy, go above and beyond what any person deserves. You're all I need. I love you and I like you. I still love it. <laughs> it is Aww. good. It's so good. <laughs> Nick, that was almost our vows. Um, I almost just stole this straight from this TV show <laughs> with Amy Poehler. Oh, um, that one. <laughs> no, uh, you know, where she's like in politics. Yes. Which and you're you're not at, you're at a uh, a place where there's a lot of grass. What would people where you take children? What would you call that? A park, Parks and Rec. See, yeah. it was a good hint. <laughs> I swear. Well, I mostly just watch Law and Order. So, <laughs> was there ever a proposal? Was there ever vows on Law and Order? Poor, poor Mariska Hargitay is always like <laughs> falling in love with someone. I love you and I like you. Yeah. Yep. All right, we got three more for you. Okay. I vow to keep at least 80% of these vows and I vow to keep updating them as we go because one set of vows, it can't cover a lifetime of growing and changing with you, of raising children with you, falling more and more in love with you every day. Lily Aldrin, which is what I vow to do for the rest of my life. Lily Aldrin. Yeah, what is I know, who's TV she? TV show. Who's that? TV show. Um, um okay. Uh it's a group of friends, but not but not the friends. The friends. Not the friends and the title, it's kind of like a <laughs> it's like a story. It's like a there's a narrator. How this thing happened. Oh, all about my mother? No. All yeah, about but your it's, mother? It's called What is it really called? It's called <laughs> Something about a mother. What is it called? <laughs> it's actually if you combine what Laura said and what you said, you have the answer. My mother's. <laughs> I can't. I can't give that to you. You were so close. What is it? How I met your mother. Oh, yeah, how I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you were Sorry, so guys. You were so close. You were so close. Okay, I think you'll you'll get this next one. Chandler, for so long, I wondered if I would ever find my prince, my soulmate. Then three years ago at another wedding, I turned to a friend for comfort. And instead, I found everything I'd been looking for my whole life. And now here we are with our future before us. And I only want to spend it with you, my prince, my soulmate, my friend. Unless you don't want to, you go. (laughs) 
Definitely Seinfeld, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> Yay, Monica and Chandler from Friends. I was waiting for that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the last one, but I think you pretty much have won. So <laughs> this one's just gravy. Um, okay. It was not exactly love at first sight, but it turns out it was love. You are the first man to accept me for the man that I actually am. This is from the ultimate TV show about single women. Single women in the city. Oh. And these are the these are the Stanford and I mean it's sex in the city, right? But Stanford and Anthony. Anthony. The gay BFS. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Um, great job. I'm actually very impressed <laughs> yes. with your pop culture knowledge. Rather poor job, but that's no, okay. Thank no, you. No. Thank it was you. great. Um, I have watched a TV once, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you knew who Topanga was. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope we have cleared up this week's reason because that is it for this week's This Is Why You're Single podcast. Thank you so much to our guest, Jen Dahl, for coming on the podcast. Check out her book, Save the Day. It's in stores. She also has a new book called Unclaimed Baggage that hits the shelves on September 18th. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at this is Jen Dahl. One N, two L's. Any other <laughs> plugs we should tell people about? No, this is so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And a plug for ourselves. Check out our book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. Yep, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and codes, check out the podcast page on thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. We're also on social, so follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. You can follow our personals. I am at Sparadactyl. I'm at Laura Lane Rad on Instagram and Laura Lane on Twitter. Uh, please like and subscribe to the show on iTunes, and thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye! Bye. This is why you're single. That was a headgum podcast. Whoa, you guys are still here. You're still listening. We're still here too. Hi. Wow, you must be at the gym really running very far. Yeah, you're like still at your desk. You're such a hard worker. Good for you. Maybe you're stuck under the subway. That sucks. Your commute is so far. Anyways, for whatever reason you're still listening, you want more podcast content, and maybe you're all caught up on This Is Why You're Single, well, we've got a recommendation of another podcast for you to listen to. It's called The Good One, a podcast about jokes, and it is joining the HeadGum Network for its third season starting May 21st. In each episode, host Jesse David Fox, a Vulture senior editor, has his guests pick one joke from their career to play and discuss. And you guys know how much Angela and I love New York Magazine. We're always reading you guys articles in our news segment from The Cut and from Science of Us. Well, we also love Vulture. Yeah. And the reason we love Vulture is because everybody over there has amazing taste. So, of course, they pick the best guests for this show. Past guests have included people like Jerry Seinfeld, Tig Notaro, Kristen Shaw, Wyatt Snack, Pete Holmes, John Early, and even President Obama's former joke writer. It's very cool. Every interview is super interesting. And with guests like those, it's also super funny. And Angela, not to brag, but I kind of have the in. My husband has been producing some of these episodes. So he comes back after recording and he's like, oh, Laura, I got to tell you about like, you know, what they said in this interview. It's like so great. So I kind of get like a sneak peek before the episode's even up. Just saying, it's pretty good. Okay. Well, you're bragging. We're all very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means that Nick gets to sit on, on some really cool interviews. This season, 
We'll kick off with John Mulaney, who's kind of a big deal right now. I love him. I love watching his stand-up specials. He's one of my faves. Check him out on Netflix. He's great. Uh, Also, Jimmy Fallon, Vanessa Bayer, David Cross, Cameron Esposito, and HeadGum's own Nicole Byer. Very, very cool. Subscribe now and listen to the past two seasons on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, the one we recommend, it's called The Good One, a podcast about jokes, and it's coming to the HeadGum Network on May 21st with guest John Mulaney. Now, now get off the treadmill. You've been running too far, okay? You're looking like you're in great shape for the marathon already. Go home and eat some tacos. Yeah, you deserve a break.